Let's rock and roll. A word to the wise. We are an explicit podcast tackling content with adult themes as well as entering spoiler territory if you aren't caught up with us. This week, that would be through chapter 35 of Fonda Lee's Jade Legacy. there this is cross and i'm very no no nonsense super serious we're we're getting straight to it pj (laughs) (laughs) i'm less serious but still getting to business ben (laughs) i'm i'm just here for the fun aaron and i'm regular old thomas (laughs) <laughs> and we are words and whiskey on a small time crunch it's fine a podcast for veteran and novice readers alike we tackle fiction novels and love to talk about what we're drinking you should think of us as your intoxicating weekly book club good thing basically nothing happened this week in the book so we, we like don't have anything to talk about and it'll go pretty really chill fast. yeah one of the chapters didn't give me a headache trying to summarize just that single chapter, so we will be done. <laughs> yeah, same. I was there thinking about that. Those one chapters that was this week. So long. I was like, yeah. Bitch, what are you doing? This is four chapters. In, in audiobook form, there are two 55 minute chapters, which in wow. page form, it's like 100 pages. Like, this is technically, I think, the longest section, despite being such a low chapter count for what we're yeah. covering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There were some long chapters in there. Some, for sure. some kids being dumb. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> so today is our fifth episode. We'll be talking about chapters 29 through 35. But before we get too much further, we've got cocktails. We've got drinks to talk about. PJ, you want to start? And Aaron? I haven't. We're the Negroni sisters. We are the Negroni sisters once again. Sorry, Cross. We boxed you out. Yeah, I wasn't informed of this. <laughs> I've been left. But it was. It, it's like a meat cute because I didn't know PJ was drinking a Negroni. Mm-hmm. I don't mm. have I was just any like, Boom, sugar. I'm craving it. Like any syrups made up right have, now. Do you have sweet vermouth? Uh, I actually used Lille Blanc for this. <laughs> hmm. So that'll do. It'll be fine. But I mean, nice. I my. Options for drinks are a lot more limited with like no syrups made up. So an all spirit cocktail is the way to go. Hell yeah, brother. What about Hell you, yeah. I <laughs> am having the leftover bottle of wine that was partially used to make the dinner that I had. Yum. So it's an Apothic Inferno, which is aged in whiskey barrels for 60 days. It is not very good. The reason that I'm okay with giving the free ad is because I do not recommend it to an average consumer. <laughs> However, got him. Got him. For me, <laughs> right now, it's fine. It'll do. <laughs> How about you, what'd Ben? You, what'd you cook with it, though? Made some French onion sandwiches. So mm. some French onion dip sandwiches. Yum. Send them here. That sounds lovely. Send them my way. Very good. There, it was like eight pounds of stuff because they don't mess around in Texas. Apparently, we yeah. have the beef. <laughs> we have we have so much beef. There's too much beef. I will mail it to you in an envelope. Yeah, I think in Texas you're legally required to f- like cook a full half cattle every time Cow. you you make anything, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got to use it all. Mm-hmm. You should see what we did with the udders. I'm not proud. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right, Thomas. What's our featured cocktail tonight? 
<laughs> well, our featured cocktail is a Mexican Jack and Coke. And I'm calling it that because I found a Mexican whiskey, which shall remain nameless because they're not paying me. It's good. So what do we think it's it very is, smooth. No, it's a whiskey, Aaron. <laughs> That's a beer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I thought he said beer. 100% <laughs> ancestral corn. Super cool. And I got a Mexican mm-hmm. Coke. So I put, you know, an amount, couple, probably a little more than I should have of the whiskey into a glass with a lot of ice in it. And then it's a tall glass filled it probably like a quarter of the way up. Fuck ton of lime juice, Mexican Coke, open it up, poured it in. Little, and did little you twirl. rhyme? Did you line the rim with Mexican Coke? No, I should have done like, <laughs> I was going to say tahin, but yeah, we could have done <laughs> some uh, Mexican whites, I guess. <laughs> Wow. Cocaine. But this is, this is delicious. Yep. Right. Yeah. yeah, me too. <laughs> it's really good. There's like a weird, it, the whiskey itself didn't taste smoky, but like the combination, there's like a weird smokiness to it now. It's nice. Mm. Ooh. Lovely. Nice. And you mentioned tahine. I fucking love tahine. Me too. Really? I'll just straight lick the whole cup. That was a free ad, but I, I got caught off guard. Tahine. <laughs> ben, you're last, but yep. not what do you your got? best for last. I am drinking a. Boulevard Brewing Company Space Camper IPA. And there's a cool robot on the front. It's an astronaut. Whoa. Oh, it's an astronaut. Yeah. And it's a lovely little IPA beer. I would highly recommend. I'm not usually a big fan of IPAs. But it's like a smooth IPA. This one is pretty smooth and it's a good drinker. Nice. Awesome. We love our boulevard here in Kansas City. That is yeah, I was going to say... Ad. When I'm there, we'll have to go. So, oh yeah, because we'll have a couple couple of days. It'll be fun. They have a is it shuffleboard, but the big one. Oh yeah, with like all sticks, kinds of stuff. Like a standing up shuffleboard. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. I guess right. you stand up when you do the other one. Okay. Uh, I see. I see. You stand it up when you. Yeah, you're right. I understand. So, before we talk about the chapters newbies how do we feel about this week how do we feel about the i mean maybe first and foremost the <clears throat> next time jump what do we think i was feel? ready for this one you were lo- well i was looking for it oh i was like not i was like what the fuck i was like haha i caught you <laughs> <laughs> just like saying you were following along with the book no i was like w- i was like looking for the time jump specifically like, yeah okay but how did you actually feel about it i always feel rage <laughs> I was I was pretty upset about this one. Is that in say, general or while bone, reading? Bone to pick. With the time, the time jumps in particular, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, Maybe we need, you know, six books instead of giant time jumps. I remember after like the second or third time jump, I texted Cross and I was like, "This better be the last fucking time jump." And then the next chapter, there was one, and I was like, "Son <laughs> of a bitch." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I definitely understand, and we've gotten a couple of that from other first time readers that have came along in in either the the DMs or in the Discord that are just like Jesus Christ, so many time jumps. But I think at the same time, like you were saying, Aaron, six books, yeah. But is there more to go there? And I I feel like that's kind of the thing for me that I I appreciate about this is that it's like let's not waste time diving into each of these things. Let's let it play and see what the long term effects are, which is so different than most fantasy novels that would drag you through a 10 book series of a man's depression that is published over 20 years and you know i don't know but we're here for that well i think she's trying to sometimes like 
this family saga. And so mm-hmm. drawing it out, bringing yeah. children into it makes the, the I will say the children help me understand the time jumps because of them aging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it would have been harder without kids. <clears throat> it felt. I do have to go back and check like what time we are at sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. As a sort of contemporary comparison, it felt very much like House of the Dragon in the in the way that it's mm. set up where we've got the sort of shorter time scale of Game of Thrones relatively. And then like we're seeing the whole life of this family grow up and getting the full context of it through these jumps in time. I think it works well. I similarly kind of wish we got to sink in a little bit more but it's already such a long book and maybe a lot of that story isn't that important i guess in in the grand scheme of things so i'm cool with it the other thing that i think too is it's it's not even necessarily that it's not like it couldn't be compelling or interesting to write something within that space or like she couldn't you know create a story that's in that space but there's the other side of could she have sold a fourth book? Could she have sold a fifth book in this series in the reality of just marketing novels, right? Especially for not a brand new author at this point, but someone who's breaking out as an adult author. Could she have sold more than a three-book series right away? I think the answer in post of the success of this book as a, as a closer, as a clincher, is yes. But, you know, you don't know that until you prove it. So, mm-hmm. I also, Boring. With, with, this, with this jump, like I... I'm really interested in Aitmata personally, and I would have liked to have seen like her recovery and how she like comes back and how she reappears and then what happens. But we like miss all of that, and she's just like back. Yada yada, yeah. That was the most frustrating part to me. Is like it seemed like we had this giant event, and then I was like, oh, okay, so now we're halfway through the book. Like this is going to start moving narrowing in it's like yeah. narrowing in towards a conclusion and instead it feels like we spread out yeah and have like <clears throat> new people we're meeting when i when we were meeting new people i was like okay there's enough people in the <laughs> and then they brought in trying to make nico happen i don't care about nico <laughs> Like, yeah, fuck that guy. Oh no! Like, <laughs> I knew this was gonna happen. I even wrote it in my notes. <laughs> That's where I'm at. I'm just like, yeah. yeah I want to. I want to get. Yeah, I want to get more. When like Shay has become like a complete side character. Like she's like hardly involved in the story anymore. Yeah, now we're into like Anden and Nico. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. But maybe maybe it's just this group of chapters. Yeah. But yeah, I would have liked to have seen more from the fallout of the bombing. Yeah. Like I feel like we Yeah, I just She was like, We saved your life. Skip, 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 skip. We didn't see like what actually happened after that. And so it's like hard it just seems like now it's kind of like shortly after that, but it's also five years later. Yeah. Yeah. That seemed like it's this giant event. And so, so with the time jump, it kind of took some of the impact of that event away for me. Where I'm like okay, that wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it was going to be. And some of that is just our format. We're talking about it. So I'm trying to make like mm-hmm. predictions yeah. and like think about stuff that way. And so like some of that is just like, 
you know, what I, my expectations were just because I'm thinking about it in a way that I have expectations. If I was just reading the book, just reading it straight through, I probably wouldn't have that same. Yeah. Basically, Cross and Thomas, it's all your fault. <laughs> it's actually just Cross's <laughs> fault. I, I just I joined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just recruited him for this side of the thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I totally get that. And I, I, I definitely understand that. And I do empathize with it a little bit but there there are reasons and rationales that we've done what we've done and we'll we'll get there this is actually the only set of chapters that we i made a last minute adjustment to two weeks ago to shrink out one chapter because i decided it was too long with with 36 so yeah but i'm very excited to talk about these so let's get into it how about that let's do it let's do with With that, we go into chapter 29, Rude Awakening. We open this week in the hospital with Hami and Hilo, both beginning to heal from their wounds inflicted by the bombing of last week's reading. Both are hurt, but had managed to survive due to a combination of the Espenian forewarning and Hilo with some training from Jin Sunto. While Woon and Shay share a heartfelt moment over Tia and his survival, Hilo rages over Shay's decision to save Ait after the CFM, the Clanless Freedom Movement. Future Movement. Future. Clanless future movement. Cut, cut, cut. The clanless future movement's assassination attempt. After we see Malovny begin to be probed by our pair of Espenian agents. So this is sort of the the come down from last week's, you know, end of the fact that we know that they lived. It's nice, of course, to see Woon and, you know, with his daughter and just sort of this moment of, of peace and, you know, basically leaning into the idea of being a stay-at-home dad in the future and retiring from from this role potentially. I just love love Woon Poppy. Poppy. Yeah. Woon Poppy's great. I love the He's a great he's a great Poppy. That's mm-hmm. true. I liked his I mean we were spoon fed it a little bit, but I loved his positive reaction to his daughter being a not fussy, like not crying child. That yeah, like good. we don't need another warrior mm-hmm. in the family. Yes. I really liked, sorry, moving on from Poppy, but I thought it was really cool that Hilo wasn't more hurt because of his training with Jim Sento. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, see, they did get something out of that. Mm-hmm. And how like the deflection works in a different way and that description of like how you're not just picking a part of the body, but you're like shoring it up and then pushing it all out. Yeah. I thought mm-hmm. that was cool. Yeah, protecting the internal organs because generally that's what would burst in those moments of right. something intense like that. Very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I like the mechanics, unsurprisingly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're shocked. So there's there's Shay and Hilo's conversation with Juan about saving Ite, and man, I gotta give it to our audiobook narrator here. He absolutely destroys it with just the italics in the text. Like if you're reading the text, it's just italicized to give it that influence. But there is a venom dripping from the voice actor in this moment, and it is palpable as to how actually angry Hilo is in this moment. Facts. I, again, from Hilo, want to see a little more empathy and like see it from Shay's perspective. She thought you were dead. She thought everyone was dead. And... It was very logical. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I think it's fine for Hilo to be upset, obviously. I mean, Shay's also upset that she, like, had to save her. But yep. in the moment, too, it would have been 
so ridiculous for her to kill Aitmata. Yeah, I just I thought it was perfectly on brand for Hilo. I don't expect him just to just like all you had to do was walk away, which we kind of said that too. <laughs> I almost couldn't I don't tell whose to... side Juen was on. Because Shay mentions that without either of the pillars, the this the country would be plunged into chaos. And his response to that was, it kind of already is anyway. But it's said in a way that it could either be like, it's already getting super close to that and we didn't want to make it worse. Or it's already going that way. What's a little bit more? Like, I couldn't quite parse which direction he was leaning on that. Does that make sense? I would say he probably has like some feelings of empathy around the situation because he was in the same situation that Shay was where they were both desperately searching thinking that Hilo was dead. So, like, he understands her mindset. Yeah. But he also... And how dire it was. Yeah. Also understands Hilo's mindset as well, just, I think, as being on the greener side of the clan or whatever. And, like, why... And he's, like, very analytical, right? So, you know, he feels like someone who can see both sides and kind of would sit the fence a little bit. Mm -hmm. And maybe would present his statement in a way that would satisfy both the weatherman and the pillar. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, more like he's intentionally playing that side of the road, and and the side of like, well, I never doubted that the pillar was going to live, but at the same time, I I can hold those those ideas simultaneously. Right. It it's it's a really powerful moment, and obviously, this book has, as we've seen, and with the time jumps that we've already talked a little bit about, it's very clear that this book has a focus on legacy. And sort of the longevity of things. And I can't help in this moment just see the smallest mirror of the torch of Kacon in in the way that he sort of goes off on these rages. And he's more like his grandpa than he wants to be. Yes, that's very true. I think Hilo would yell at you if he heard you say that. Probably. <laughs> he, would, he would hate that comparison. As we would all hate to be compared to our parents immediately, you know. Or I mean, maybe, angry, I guess. Senile grandpas. Yeah, right. Disagree. <laughs> Call Dis- with send Sennington's came out of hate and vitriol, yeah. and Helos for the most part come out of love and just an inability to express himself in a healthy way. No, that's I. I definitely agree. For the record, I definitely agree with that sentiment. But that doesn't change the fact that that can still be a grating reaction, regardless of where it comes from. Right. I just meant like we gotta let's have yeah. some nuance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally love that level of nuance. I'm in. I'm in. From Juen, we also get an interesting little dose of perspective on General Ronu's efforts as the military has intervened to help in this moment. And that all of that discussion in Jade War and that negotiation over where the Jade went and where the the effort went isn't wasted as the military is actually quasi-effective for the first time in history. Again, raising that question of do we need the Green Bones? Yeah. Becoming a bigger and bigger question, isn't it? And in the next few chapters, what's the like threesome of it's the military, the mountain, and the no peak? Yeah. Oh, the three ring, three ring action, three ring action. Yeah, I think threesome works. The threesome, <laughs> yep. All those threesomes they have. But I think I think as we modernize the clans, they, you know, they do have to be less mobstery, killing whoever they want. And we'll start working more and more with the military and the police. And I think it'll, like you said, are the clans outdated? Like, I think the more and more they work with 
the law enforcement, then they'll make themselves more obsolete. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That gets into as well sort of the way that Juen trusts implicitly Abin Soro to be not necessarily on their side, but at the very least a good and honorable Greenbaum following the laws of show and not in Ite's pocket, but willing to help, unlike a lot of the other previous horns. And so basically, obviously, like you'd mentioned, that sets up the three ring actions that we start to see happening and sort of a, a blending together of, of more clan action in general between the two. Do you guys trust Abin Soro? Do you do you think I know we we got peaks of it last week, but what do you what do you guys think now? Yes. Seems okay. <laughs> yeah. I I feel like we don't Everyone's have enough. super timid. I don't get bad vibes. Yeah, I don't get okay. now swin vibes. Yeah. I just don't I don't feel like we have enough interaction to really make a call yet. Yeah, I would agree. I'm still not against just fully joining the mountain. like Just me. fully making the one mountain society you, again? You? Per- like, instead of like being on the protagonist side. Uh, oh, you're pro the mountain. The mountain. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm not against it. Mm-hmm. Even Soro, they say he likes beer, right? He likes sports. Seems like they're the guy to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guy's guy. I like a pretty man. <laughs> <laughs> Love Who it. Doesn't? Love it. Anything else from the from the hospital? I'm, you know, I'm happy everyone's okay, but I I just think we've learned from this in the past. I think Hilo needs to give Shay more credit <laughs> for like thinking through things, you know, very thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yep. All right. So then we move over to the final kind of cliff note of the chapter before the time skip happens. And Malovny is being interrogated by our two Espanian spies, the pair, of course, that were the handlers for Barrow, Catfish, it appears. Do you guys think Malovny is going to make it? Do you think we'll ever see any more Malovny? What do you what do you think? What, what do you think is happening to this guy under Espanian hands? Malovny. It felt very pandemonium-esque and if anybody knows what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about mm. mm-hmm. what are you talking about pandemonium chair oh red rising mm-hmm. that's a Mine that's a good it? reference i think malovny will give away some good secrets and then they'll kill him and i think he's just gonna be locked away in a government um, facility yeah i don't think he'll pop up again i don't know slowly being pieced apart i think he played his part in the bombing they're they're chemically breaking down his personality while maintaining his like knowledge (laughs) so i like which is crazy is he is he does he survive physically yeah mentally i don't know i don't know if it's still him but i don't think they kill him i think they use him as an agent Pretty nasty on the Espenian side of things here, for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's not torture. It's, they're more sophisticated than that. They're above torture, <laughs> right? It's kind of specifically, <laughs> just barely, technically. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to our second interlude, one mountain. So in this, our penultimate interlude of the series, second of the book, we did a little background into the origins of the Wai Lan Temple Stool, 
aka the Mountain Clan's training academy, and we also glimpse eight Hudontons and tall Sunningtons meet you. Oh, hmm. is it meet cute? I think so. <laughs> meet cute under like in the woods under a bunch of rain. Yeah, right. It's it's some predator shit where like we're forced together to be friends and you know. Like, hey, clans don't matter anymore. It's just us against them. They became BFFs, so it's. I think it sound, counts as a meet you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the Wylon Temple School seems pretty cool, reminiscent to me of how the Mountain Clan kept the mountain part of their title and the split between the torch and the spear later on. They keep the ancestral school. They keep part of the name in their name. No Pete has to make a new school. No Pete has to take on a whole new name. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the more traditional side of, of things. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. That's what their goal was at the time. They're mm-hmm. also, the school's located 65 kilometers outside of the city, which never realized that My, before. Seemed miles? pretty far. How many miles? Wasn't that like the original school? <laughs> yeah. That, and then it burnt down yeah. or something? I don't speak yeah. kilometers. It's like 40 miles, <laughs> It's right? like 2.2, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Thank you. Three for every five. There you go. I just needed someone to translate. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting because Hall Dushran Academy is like in the city and the outskirts of the city. Like they had to mm-hmm. take a to well, bike or take a bus batch from there to the tallest state. I think the new Wylan school is within the city limits. This was the original one which got which got oh, burnt down, right? I think the new one is located sixty five kilometers. Oh, okay. I'm on the wrong boat. I might be wrong. Why is this being dumb? I'm pretty sure that either way, it was kind of outside of some... It was out of the way, comparatively, right? So neither yeah. were inside of city limits. But I, I think that it was... This one was burnt down, as mentioned, but it was still built. Yeah, the school's original, current campus is 65 home. kilometers outside. Mm, okay. I thought, though, this interlude was the No Peak and Mountain working together and then mm. we like see in these chapters we're tentatively working together and then of course Shay saving I I don't know I feel a tentative friendship alliance that would have been maybe, a thing to see in the five years that have passed since maybe we don't have to <laughs> murder each other all the time maybe so, it takes longer than that Ben okay <laughs> maybe <laughs> I mean with that sort of read on it, do you think this is a reflection of what has happened in the previous chapters leading up to this interlude? Or do you think it will continue and this is like a harbinger of more collaboration yeah, going forward? I seeing it as like a projection of the future. Okay. Like, remember when we were friends? Mm-hmm. Why can't we be friends? Now we got the next heirs, both a couple fuckboys. It's tough. Well, at least one fuckboy. Two different brands of fuckboy. Um, yeah. One depressed kid. As... You know, Nico to me... We'll get into it. As... We don't know anything about Nico. That's the thing. Well, I think he might be on the spectrum or something. I think that's how she's writing him. Hmm. The way I he, like... Th- she goes into him, like, going away to think about things. Anyways. As we touched yeah. on with the last then, interlude. Then the mountain fuckboy. Yeah. 
we're moving firmly into history now with these interludes. We're well past mysteries, mysteries. We're well past mythology is the word I was looking for and into firm history now. Figures we know and dislike, figures we have heard about, can't really get a read on. What do you think the third interlude is going to be about? Probably when they split the clan. Yeah, I was going to say the breakup too. Breakup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think do called do shows up in the in the second or in the third interlude because he'll be alive by then, right? Do, yeah, I mean, because he he was dead by theory, the time yeah. they split because the school that they founded was named after him. I guess we'll find out in the third interlude. I like it. I like it a lot. Anything else on the interlude, my friends? Well, then I suppose that brings us into chapter 30. The Bad Cat. The 19th (laughs) year, third month. I was going to say redacted, but I was like, we're on a time crunch. We don't have time. Well, I was going to say the whole, the whole, this whole chapter, I kept the, every time they said keck, I was thinking of Thomas. I was like, Thomas doesn't like that word. Say with the hard K, (laughs) K, K. <laughs> How would you say it with a we- soft K? Sack cash. Cash. It's kinda I don't know. Something like that. I need <laughs> Thomas is trying to do his own like, himself. I can't just just like... We get another almost five year time jump here as we leap from the fourteenth year sixth month to the nineteenth year third month. And this time we open with the funeral of our old friend, Doubt Losinian, who passed away at 76 from heart failure. Kilo and Andy go to Espinia to pay their respects and have a run-in with John Remy, our old friend from Restville, at the funeral. It turns out Remy has been making quite the name for himself down on the coast, earning the monitor the bad cat for his vice and violence. The day after the funeral, Doubt, Sana, Cory, and the Espinian Greenbones meet with Hilo and Andin to discuss the future of green in the country. Most present agree to the doubt's vision of what's to come, but Remy and a few others do not fall in line. To borrow from Binge Mode and I believe Howler Pod here, bells for Doubt Losinyan. <laughs> How do we feel about his death? Anything? Eh, I mean, lived a pretty good life, did a pretty good job. We appreciate you. Yeah, I think the I don't I don't can't say I feel a whole lot. Yeah, his strong arming of Corey's relationships in like mm-hmm. that that's our last really big interaction with him. Power on the rest. Yeah. But at the same time, like he he left a void in the Keko Espenian community for sure. Um, yeah, there's definitely not a good succession plan. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Dauk Losinian. <laughs> This funeral felt better, though, than now Swins. This one, there was a lot more family and, you know, a lot more <laughs> grief, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just to add we into that. We had a lot of funerals this week. Two two funerals and some some family and abandonment. No yeah. weddings, though. <laughs> and a baby. I kind no weddings. Of, no weddings. I kind of wish we would have gotten the entirety of Andon's speech because everybody gave him so much praise for it. And we got kind of the Cliff Notes version Something. of it. 
then this definitely would have had to been two chapters. Like, there's no way <laughs> you can add any more. Yeah. That would have been fine, yeah. though, I feel like. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Just it, it was mostly a joke. I did want to say of the funerals, I feel like I, to Ben's point, I felt more for now Swen's death than I did for Doukes, despite wow. appreciating him as a person more. Like, I ha- I felt a little bit more impact of that loss. I would agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this was cool to see, like, you know, it really cements how ingrained Andon was into all of these families and into the Keko Espenian group to have him speak at the most prominent man's funeral there. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cool for Andon. And it made me look back on our Espenia time with fond memories. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that Mr. Hien was still around, still kicking. He's got to be like 90 now, at least. I think they, mm-hmm. I don't remember if they say his age, but yeah. He's he not was deep great. in his 80s like two time jumps ago. <laughs> As 107. Was <laughs> he? <laughs> or, or maybe it was the one time. Let's just... Last time, last time Andon was in Espenia, Mister yeah, so like eighty-five was now. like can in we, his eighties. Can we do something here and not look it up and just mislead ourselves, mislead the listeners, and say he's one hundred and seven years old? Yep, we're cool with that. Cool. Hian is one hundred and seven years old. It Might is, as well be. It's canon. It's, it's that lucky, that lucky teapot or whatever they have on their shelf. Let's fucking mm. go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bluffer's teapot, yeah. Complaining about his uh, grocery store being too big in the new place. Just like me, for real. <laughs> That's what keeps you young. Complaining. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the after, like the funeral before Remy shows up, or the reception, actually, it's pretty wholesome. We get the Mr. Hyan interaction. We did everyone coming up, paying their respects to Hilo and Andin. And, and our Hilo trying to keep a low cover, low profile, be respectful. But really the fact that it's held at the community center and it just, you know, very simple, even though he was such a like legendary figure in the whole country amongst this Cachanese population and even internationally, he just has it at the community center. Everything's just kind of shoved to the side, dressed up nice. And it really was just a very good reflection of how he was such a fixture and pillar, pun intended, of the community despite that international yeah. importance. Like he really was just... A community man at the end of the day yeah mm-hmm. i thought it was nice to go back to a place that we all knew and loved also interesting because you know we see remy absolute scumbag we see this the next cha- this chapter and before obviously as well but just doubt being alive kind of kept him a little bit in line you know not openly disrespectful and being like ah. you know like token respectful to the doubts and to no peak at the time and now he's like fuck off fuck you i'm gonna do whatever i want totally so i thought that was interesting like it's just another example of how he really was a significant figure mm-hmm. i thought Hilo's take on this was refreshingly nuanced and like well thought out <laughs> i was given the last or given the rest of this section he didn't explode like I, I would have come to <laughs> when he, he interacts with Remy. Yeah. Okay. Or even yeah, afterwards, after cool. Remy leaves in talking mm-hmm. Andon down. Yeah, it's sort of throwback to when Andon was at the Academy. And he's like, you got to treat your fu- These are your future fists and fingers. You got to be more respectful of them. You got to know how to interact mm-hmm. with people. 
Yeah. But before that, we see Tori married to a woman, got a baby, or got a toddler baby on the way. And we also see Kelly Doubt once again, just sucks, truly a rude person through and through. (laughs) (laughs) But also, you kind of get it, right? Like, you kind of, you hate to see it from our perspective and our protagonist's perspective, but you totally get it from the sort of legal right way of doing things. And I think her inclusion is so smart on Fonda's part to be like, reminder, these are bad people. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. For sure. At, at the very least, at like odds if there was with the Espanian government. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Andon, though, is sure. like almost yes. a peer to her. He's like a doctor, director of an international trade federation, essentially. And he's just like, hey, congrats mm-hmm. on the new job. And she said, I can't fucking talk about it. Don't pry. <laughs> I said, all right, bitch. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Bad. 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 Because she thinks he's corrupted. You She's know? not nice. I don't know. I get it. But we just... Never mind. Last week you said you couldn't, you had got stuck in a <laughs> two-hour conversation because you couldn't be rude. need you to be yeah, more that's rude. True. Anyway, that's true. Remy makes his appearance and in immediately, like, fuck this guy vibes. And... You know, every reason to. I have a list here. Remy hates Hochi. Weird. Don't like that about him. Flamboyant, like crude, asshole. Andy calls him a boar and a gangster, but puts boar first, which I thought was very funny. <laughs> Boring gangster? No, like B-O-O-R. Like a pig. Yeah, just a brutish. Yeah, like no sophistication. B-O-A-R, that's a pig. That is, yeah. <laughs> The other boar. The third one. The other boar. Yeah, there's too many. B-O-R-E. B-O-A-R. What's B-O-O-R? They were just as... Ill-mannered. They were just... Yeah. Yeah. Someone like... New rich, kind (laughs) of. It's pretty dumb. Mm. He's a boar... Boring, boorish boar. Exactly. There you go. Boorish boar. Aaron Lasso over there. (laughs) Got him. That was a compliment. I just thought it said Lasso-ish. Ted Lasso joke. Yeah, well, I thought well, the I mean, boring, boorish boar <laughs> yeah. was very Ted Lasso-y. <laughs> anyway, Hilo, like Pichos bringing up, he's got some good advice. Don't show off how much you hate a man until you're ready to be his enemy. That was a good line. It's smart. Am I the only one that kind of enjoyed John Remy this entire chapter? <laughs> I kind of was like, he's kind of making Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, in the same way that I love Apple. Like, he's just that right degree of psychopath that I'm like, all right, I get it. He, yeah. like, and he was kind of making some good points. He's like, I don't give a fuck about you. You don't give a fuck about me. I'm just going to get, like, what I can get for right now because the getting is good. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to do anything about it. And so, like, I was like, he doesn't give a shit about how Kekinese are, you know, thought of in the country of Espenius. I was like, trying to convince him to care about something like that is never going to work. I think he's like a bad guy, though. Yes. No, I'm just saying I just kind of enjoyed his whole <laughs> shtick here. The point she says where he really kind for of... Light. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only like into We say rooting for <laughs> I feel like, so, Apple, a lot of his atrocities are described to us, and we don't see them mm-hmm. as much. But then that's from Red Rising for those of you who haven't read it. Here mm-hmm. we see Remy, like the first interaction, he like tries to sexually assault Andon. You know what I mean? So, like, we're already like, yeah. fuck this guy to a different degree. Wow, Ben, you're into some really bad stuff. So, that's <laughs> why you talk about I it. was like, I'm out. 
Yeah, that's fair. It doesn't, and well, then I'm not it, like Apple's just like I'm not so saying he's special, a... <laughs> right? I just mean that's why. Like, plus, I feel like Apple is just such like the S tier of this type poetry. of character. So it's like anyone yeah. else, and just like ah, eh. yeah, no sauce. No, I was just enjoying his bits here, and I just like their. I thought their exasperation with him was a little annoying because, like, we know who we all we know who we invited to the party here. Andon, like, why is Andon so, so worked up? Why are we trying to reason with this dude? Because he's not going to see it. So it's like that part of it. I was just like, that's kind of funny. Yeah. So I, was, I again, don't know if he was invited. He just kind of rolled up. Yeah, but at the same time, point. regardless, it's probably in the newspaper. Where mm-hmm. where it really crossed the line for me was when he started talking about like maybe I'll just start collecting tributes like they do in KCON and. Sana really put him in his place in that respect of like, all right, yeah, are you going to actually give yeah. back for that tribute, or are is this a collection racket? Like, are you extorting? I, yeah, yeah. I, I I liked that nuance that she was able to provide where we could I see agree. like that was good. This is how he sees it versus the reality of what the clans provide. Yeah, and then take on it. It was at least when the street war was going on, like genuinely for protection against the other clan and to help rebuild once the you know from interclan strife. Yeah, I, I meant protection racket, but the protection is against themselves. No, yeah. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Like uh, another layer to the what Sana was doing. At. I was not disagreeing yeah. with you at all. Perfect. Yeah. What do we think about the Doubt's plans for Jade and Espania to make this nationalized association kind of like a lobbying group and advocacy group for the population as a whole? Good plan. Builds on their PR campaign that they're already working on. Mm-hmm. That's true. Got to change hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. My one sort of hang up on that is how is Kelly going to react to that? And is she- Who cares? She sucks. <laughs> Get out well, of here, Kelly. I yeah. guess my thing is, is she going to try to put a stop to it because her name is tied to it? Mm. I don't know. I feel like she's set herself apart enough. Yeah, I think she'll her own like, ignore dealings, it. No one. It seems very Espenian, the plan. Well-crafted. But that is all I have for this chapter. A lot going on. Yeah, lots of parts and pieces moving. We don't have a long time to settle it all out. There is just so much that happens across these chapters. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think the only other thing that I'd throw in is that we get the first mention of Andon's boyfriend. Yes. Um, yes. Thank you. I skipped over that in my notes, yeah. I think. Yeah. Abu K, honey. Jirhu. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> sorry. I skipped over two bullet points Jir-hoo? in my Jir-hoo? in Jir-hoo? my summary. Thank you, Cross. Cut, so, cut, cut. Return. Well, yeah, we can just keep it. Hilo's Rewind. age is catching up with him somewhat. They go to the hotel room and there's that bit where Hilo's like, it's fucking freezing in here. And Andon just like does a mental catalog of like, hey, my guy's aging a little bit, a little creaky sometimes in the weather. I thought for sure, even though I've already read this, obviously, I was like, another bomb's about to fucking go off with the, he's going to adjust the dial, it's going to explode. It's <laughs> like, why is it so cold in his room? <laughs> Wow, you're paranoid, Thomas. We can't have any more bombs. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be know who touched it. the fucking thermostat. <laughs> just goes the super stowed away somehow. That would have been good. Uh, and then obviously during that hotel sequence, Andy has a boyfriend. Gwen set them up 
and he's hiding it from Hilo at the moment. But of course he knows about it because it's Wen. And they share everything now. Andin mm-hmm. should know that. Andin should know that Wen is... Like, talking to either of them is talking to both of them. It's true. I think it's more... But good for Andin. Yeah. Good for Andin. All right. With that, we get into Chapter 31, Disappointment. We open to call Nico Yan, of which, by the way... Was anyone else thrown by hearing Nico Yan again and being like, wait, yeah. who's Nico Yan? On the audiobook, <laughs> like, I was. Yeah. They, he, yeah. I yeah. was like, what the fuck? Who? Mm-hmm. I had a, and I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we open to call Nico Yan post-coital with a girl, Mira, reflecting on his place in the clan as a disappointment while receiving a blowjob after a recent confrontation with a finger that went south later lochin and some of the other fingers including nico are sent into the mountain territory to root out some cfm smugglers which goes successfully but with without much assistance from the prodigal nico yan following the killing of the cfm members the prince of the coben family Ite Otto, brands the cfm sympathizers and those who didn't actively work against them in an act of social cruelty nico sinks into himself not knowing who he is or how to react in this moment I just got to point out that in the same sentence, you mentioned sex and a finger that went south. And I was thinking that too, but I thought it was just me. Oh, no, that was intentional. That was 100% intentional. I wrote so many sexual innuendos into that because there was so much sex (laughs) mentioned in this chapter. I was like, man, I got a gutter mind over here. (laughs) Also, this is where I really realized that Nico wasn't an eight-year-old. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could you couldn't miss the time jump now, huh? This is where I was like, okay, he's getting head. Everybody's <laughs> probably older than eight years old. Hope so. Golly! Oh my god, <laughs> he's like twenty-two here, which yeah. is like how old Hilo was when we first met him. Hilo was twenty-seven, mm-hmm. I believe. Okay. Was Shay this no, old? Was Shay 22? I think they're like Irish twins. Hmm. Yeah, Shay was I, I 25. Feel like they were younger, Shay was 25. But... Yep. I think they yeah. say Hilo was 27 and the youngest horn anyone should remember. Hmm. Okay. Yep, you're but, right. But, I mean, point being, still incredibly young and like there's a lot here. I, what a weird way to open up. Not a weird way, but an interesting way to open up the chapter with him being just so indifferent and distant right in this moment and then also at the same time comparing it to his other relationships that he's clearly been distant and absent in yeah so that all these descriptions of nico and how he reacts to everything i feel like fonda is writing him as if he's either on the spectrum or maybe as like a psychopath like she's she's writing him as if he doesn't operate like you know a standard emotional reaction now he's definitely an enigma it has been some time since i studied psychology undergrad but i believe most of his affectations and lap thereof or yeah affect and lap thereof and all that good stuff is indicative of insecure attachment as a baby which would make sense because his mother was murdered and he was raised <laughs> by strangers. So I think it's yeah, a yeah. lot of that. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Sure. I, and I think just him, think? him as a baby oh, too. Him as a baby too. He had some some of those same characteristics 
of being like staring and mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of creepy. <laughs> like Nico, you're not supposed to be watching from the corner there. How long have you been there? <laughs> Nico also put the gun down. <laughs> held Rue's mouth shut with the beads. That yeah. went. Mm. That yeah, could be. That's me. It was just like you know kids. whose fault this is. Tar. <laughs> that could be fucking tar. tar. <laughs> it's all Tar's <laughs> fault. The like... whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Where is that guy? We don't know. Yeah, great question. You know, there's there's a lot to a lot to answer there on Tar's front. I just I feel like Nico, to your point, Aaron, is just and has been forever disconnected. Thomas, what you were saying as well, there there's clearly something there and some emotional detachment as an origin point makes sense. But he also does mirror lawn, and in some ways, I think he's also a different but improved version of writing on like the sort of depressed side that we saw from Andon. Like he's got a different sort of thing going on. He's got the same kind of, I don't want to call it a whiny vibe, but he's got the same thing going on in a different capacity, which I think is interesting, especially just to compare Nico and Andon. The same turmoil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like yeah. a version of Andon, but we don't know him as well. So it's harder to empathize with him. Yeah. Yeah, this is the first time we're meeting him really yeah. as like a person. You know, there's there's entitlement potentially. It, I think he's even talking to Hilo when he he has this whole conversation about filling in the picture or making himself fit like a mismatched puzzle piece. Like he's like, I'm just being put into a frame that you imagine me to fit as this sort of inheritor of the pillar. And that obviously leads into a lot of the rest of what happens this week. But yeah, he's clearly not feeling not feeling great in this spot. Nico is a Disney princess. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> Screw you. It's, it's fair enough. We had spoken about this earlier, but we run into Finn and there's going to be action tonight as <laughs> you know, our our horn recommends not having sex before in action because it puts you <laughs> off of edge and that may or may not have came into play. <laughs> With with what happened to him during the three ring engagement, I'm just um, saying that blue balls makes for great deflection. <laughs> I think that's what Hilo's saying too. Jizz powers think deflection. Think about it. Think about <laughs> it. <laughs> it's a lot of pent up energy. <sighs> oh god! Seems like love it. It's the incredibly. Fuel incredibly dangerous to be a finger because there's so mm-hmm. many people with way more jade than you that just murder you and you're just like ah la 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 and you're also fight. trying to prove yourself actively yeah. yeah the other side of that is like you're trying to prove yourself and that's just the worst yeah and if you um, have a single stone you're open game for everybody in the country mm-hmm yeah I'm realizing now, looking at this, that I didn't put any notes on the action that happens between Nico and another finger wherein he's intoxicated and at a bar and ends up giving him his card to dissuade from a duel. That's where I got the psychopath vibes. Yeah. He runs through his justification. He's like, I gave him something. Like, we're all, we all got something or didn't get something out like he rationalized it so well i couldn't understand that it was like a really fucked up thing to do 
But I saw it as like he had like cold snake eyes. Like he's like, I didn't even have to fight you, and now you look like an idiot. I I just didn't like his lack of understanding of like the politics. Well, yeah, just like how it also just makes it makes him look bad. It makes the other person look bad. Like it's just it's kind of a gross way to handle that situation. But I'm not saying like fighting, I guess, is the right way either. But like that's the culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but at the same time, just like the way he handled it. I don't know. He's like, here you go, poor boy. <laughs> like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't even need this car. I'm rich. <laughs> yeah, the way that I read it, it, he didn't see it as a slight. He didn't see it as like a a humiliation thing. It, yeah. When he was going through the rationalization of it, it felt to me that he was genuinely thinking that this right. just solved the problem, and it wasn't like yeah. a a humiliation tactic or anything that would bring dishonor to either of their families in any sort of way. Like it, it just went over his head in that respect. That's, that's where I come back to entitled, right? Like that's where I think that there's something interesting about Nico, which is, I think that he's kind of, it hasn't been like, it's a time of security, but it feels very different compared to where Lon and Hilo came from, where there was maybe something more immediate to being a green bone and the requirements of them because of the proximity to the history that we heard about again in the interlude versus now it doesn't feel like it's still, of course it's a big deal. Of course there's the clan warfare going on, but can some of these traditions fade in time? You know, is, are some of these things going to change? It feels like he's a millennial. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> By comparison. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can see that in the disposition of the parents, too. Like, call Sen, not not their parent, their grandparent, but still the person that primarily raised them as, like, almost like a World War II vet. Versus, the greatest generation, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus a, like, I don't know, Gen Boomer. Xer raising millennials. Boomer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hilo's a boomer. Did we just come to that realization? I think I just came to that realization. He would he be, is. but like he shows emotion to his kids. He like he no, tells he does. them he, he loves does. them and stuff For like sure. that. For sure. He's got more in common with Gen X, but it is funny to think about it on the time frame because it does make him a boomer. Maybe Nico's Gen Z. He's a uh, he seems very millennial. On God. He seems very millennial to me, where he's just like just want to do what i want you know yeah and yeah. indifferent to the thing and it's just like why can't i just like chill and have a good time mm-hmm. all your like, traditions don't can't mean even sh- buy a house in this economy yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's the note on on sim's niece of whom is one of the fingers that is obviously fighting in this engagement and there's this interesting self-evaluation that happens with nico where he comes to realize like oh hey I didn't treat this like any of my other family would, and I should have been nicer. I should have opened up as opposed to just sort of saying, yes, I'll totally get you those tickets. Not that he's not being kind in the moment, but he's just realizing that he could have won him over had he you know, emulated some of Hilo's actions. And I think it's so interesting to see a character compared to a lot of ours that is so much more self-aware. The only other character that is this close, I think, is Shay. Mm-hmm. And it shows that he's, he does see... He is watching and absorbing, like, how Wen deals with people and how Hilo deals with people. And 
he seems it transactionally like, huh. though. Yeah, he's like, why don't I deal with people that way? Mm. But but he doesn't see it as like the right thing to do or what can like just get him friends. It, it, he sees it as a currency almost, and sees it as like what can be gained from from having these pleasantries, even though Which he's not able to do it. <laughs> Maybe that's insecure t- attachment. I don't know. Yeah, Tom, Thomas that, is the expert. It it definitely fits some of those other definitions of, of at the very least questioning, you know, your reality, and that can fall under all kinds of different things. So I'm in on that. So we see Lojin and Ito, Ite Otto rather, all grown up. You know, Lot has grown into a man set to be the next horn, while Otto has grown into a stylish fucking monster of a of a person from where we saw him in the duel. Thoughts on the two similarly aged men? I mean, I guess Lot's a little bit older, but we got pretty boy. Yeah, he's like all flash and always saying, always has a statement prepared. <laughs> I don't remember if he was physically described as having a very, very long ponytail, but I imagine him with a very, very long <laughs> ponytail. <laughs> I did not imagine that. He's supposed to be a pretty boy, not a weird-looking kid with a ponytail. Yeah, he definitely has a lot of those pretty boy affectations, and he gives, like, vibes. He reminds me of the Yuiwen gangster, of whom I'm forgetting his name once again for the second week in a row. <laughs> Zapunio. He reminds me of Zapunio's kids or how they were described, and he has some of those sort of affectations of style in it in addition to or trying to substitute for something that he's missing. All right. Drinking game. No. Go back and re listen to the episode Zipunio. and drink every time Crossland says affectation. God damn it. Drink every time affectation Crossland is says not the of new gambit. Or of which. People don't hey, use who and whom correctly. Game. Go through the whole book and drink every time Fonda Lee says vociferously. Is that a word that's used a lot? Yes. I noticed. <laughs> Love to catch those. It's amazing. But they go in, obviously, predominantly the, as we find out, the Nopi clan is the one that busts them up. They, we, we see Lojen kill a couple of people incredibly with some throwing knives through the windows before they make their way into the back and take out the rest. Our boy, quote, Nico freezes in the moment in which he's supposed to actually do what he's doing. Lot kind of pushes him past and does, does what's due and, and takes care of them. What'd you make of our little action sequence and nico and load it's got to be so hard to accurately throw throwing knives through a window right like that's got to be impossible <laughs> pretty badass <laughs> Super he badass. Not. is the best to ever do it when it comes to knife throwing though mm-hmm. that's true that's a good point <laughs> he was always good at it classic nico here you know pausing taking <laughs> well, his time i need to think about it you t- take some time to think about this yeah, I thought it was premature for Lote to throw him in front. Mm-hmm. But he clearly had a plan to not let him. Just to give him opportunities. Like He's like, ah, you're fucked up. Get out of here. Dad's looking for it. Jumping ahead mm-hmm. a little bit, just on that note. it's. I thought it was a little weird how he was like, you know, he freezes in the action. And then the next time we see him, he's like, join a mercenary group. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. That's true. But yeah. he can't handle street level violence. And he's like, now I'm a soldier of fortune. Well, I'm not sure if it's the violence is the issue. I think it's like the clan related stuff. Like, like the pressure of yeah. doing it the right way or something. He's like, if I'm working for the clan, that's like, he knows he's being like watched. I think with the Jim's group. He can be a nobody. Yeah, he can just mm-hmm. be one of the guys and then see the world. Can, like, Do you think that happens? So, like, <laughs> I feel like that's naive. I feel like he's well, going to be used as an inroad. A to, well, to no get into it. Hold it into it. Let's save it. Sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to we'll do a little talk about that. I think the whole problem is that his balls are empty and he, like, that. <laughs> he can't. Yeah, he that's why shut up or shut up because you don't have any nut. <laughs> it's just shut it up. So you're saying it's Mara's fault, Mara. PJ? Mara's fault. Yeah, it is, yep. Wow. Wow. Totally. <laughs> Blame the woman. Eager. Way to go. No, just kidding. I think it's because he didn't so, get any nachos. <laughs> He was kind of hungry, you know. Like his stomach was empty at the moment. Yeah. I love, I love that little bit of comedy where it's like, we we could order food. Nah, I'm not hungry. And then he gets there and he's like, "Fuck, I'm hungry." <laughs> it's just like, no, you were hungry, motherfucker. You're just indecisive. <laughs> that's that's your character. That was a good bit. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you know, I I know. Obviously, I auto takes and heats up a pole. And brands the guy of whom is in charge of one of the businesses that's nearby that supposedly Bakery, had information. Eh? Or the yeah. bar? No, so it was a, a barber. Uh, yeah. Those B words. Um, those bore... B words. Boar, bakery, barber, bar. Yeah. But brands the barber as well as some of the other members of the street of whom didn't rat them out but weren't maybe sympathizers by any extent because they weren't helpful this entire area was branded by this poll. What do we think about Height Auto? How do we they feel? They deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was like, that's a strong... No, obviously Fucking it's fucked him. up, and it's, like, pretty close to against iShow, I would say. Were these I would say men? I would agree. There's a chance that they could have been, or, like, members of Lanternman families, or, like, you know... Like, specifically, I do not believe that there were lantern men. It is mountain territory, so it's hard to tell. And it is their justice to dole out, which is why No Peak doesn't do anything. But it's I agree with. Up. Yeah, I agree with Juen's assessment. Like, it's barbaric. You're going to end up, like, probably turning more people, like, even more against you than they would have been. And you also, now people have a reason to, like, be really fucking mad at you. Because you branded mm-hmm. their face on top of being <laughs> a clan. And then mm-hmm. it also, like, yeah, it's an indicator of, like, oh, you got fucked up by them? I got fucked up by them, too. Like, we should try and fuck them up. Seems like a bad idea. Not a big umbrella. around. Yeah, you get branded, you're definitely joining the clanless future. Like, yeah, what's going to stop you at that point? You've already got a brand on your face. It's not like you're getting a job. What's that on your face? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I was branded in a gang war. <laughs> That's a good thing. The guy owns his own barbershop already. Yeah. Right. Yeah, people are loyal to he their barbers, so he's fine. Right. People are loyal true, to their barbers. True, true. People are creatures of habit. Fiercely brand loyal. Which is why we always do ads on this show. Buy Apothic Inferno at your local liquor. Don't. <laughs> don't do it. Still don't do it. It's really bad. 
All right. So I just have to ask, I know that we we don't really love people or, you know, enjoy people who don't understand their place in the world. But in the end of this chapter, how are we feeling about Nico? I don't like that framing of it. I think you're accusing us. I don't like that framing either. (laughs) We don't like whiny boys. Like Andy. (laughs) Suck it up. And Nico now. (laughs) They're different. Nico's whining feels much less well-placed than Andon's did. Yeah, I would agree. So Andon's like was Nico pretty annoying, less. too, though. Yeah. Let's, I don't, let's not, let's not that's forget. True. I feel like we, true. Should, we should feel bad for Nico, but, okay. I mean, his mom did get murdered, and he's stolen away yeah. from his family. Like, right. I feel like, but I'm just having a hard yeah. time getting there because he's such an asshole. <laughs> so it's kind of his own fault. Also, I feel like we could have benefited from Nico, like any inkling that Nico was affected by his mother's death until the outcome later on. Right. When he out, like he, it's like I don't know what my parents. That's what think. I think is like. This is either part of the point, or like, or what they're something. She's trying to do something with this character. So, because like to me, like if we're if we're supposed to like like or empathize with him at this point we missed the ball on that because like we haven't got enough development out of him as a character. We haven't seen enough of him to be in that place. So like either he's going to continue to be a bigger character here and like, we'll learn more about him so we can start to, to feel to care about him, to care about it more. But like, but yeah, if, if we're, if we're expected to like him at this point, then that's a failure of the writing, which I don't think is the case. I think we're supposed to be kind of like, yeah, this is kind of a entitled little dickhead. I knew when we killed the mom, he'd become a villain, right? I think we're supposed That's to what you said. feel about him as we do, which is we don't like him yet, but we do feel for him. Right. Like, yes, I totally, I understand, like, why he has so much anger. And I think it's, like, well-placed. Like, it doesn't, yeah. So, yeah, I would say I understand him, but have a hard time liking him as a person and that's like the actions that he's taking as well mm-hmm. yeah definitely understand and it's it's tough to i mean the the reality is is that it's like we understand his situation but we don't know who he is right and this is kind yep. of the introduction and the way that he's pitched to us is this slow ball of indifference and right. you know and that makes it it tough to immediately you know latch in jump in on nico yeah, it's hard for us to be like, yeah, go Nico. Like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Don't love those girls. Don't share your emotions with anyone. <laughs> I enjoy that from you. And it just, it comes at a time where I'm like, I want to see Kilo versus Ait. And so that, or like Shay and Ait battling it out. So it's like, some of this is also frustration, which is like, where the fuck is this going? You know? <laughs> <laughs> fuck them kids. <laughs> it's our, our recurring theme is, is <laughs> fuck them kids. Agreed. Uh, Chapter 32, Passages, the 19th year, 8th month. We open at now Suenzin's funeral, which Shay is attending for some reason. While there, she glimpses what seems to be possible friction between the mountain's pillar and heir apparent. She returns to the tall estate and finds her daughter, Tia, and husband drawing together, 
which is just a cute scene. I love to see it. Woon and Shay discuss the Liban at and get us caught up with some of the fallout of the bombing of the TJA meeting before heading over to dinner at the main house. And then this features some more business and plan discussions, including the absorption of the Black Tail Clan into No Peak. So, a very busy chapter, and we get yet another, albeit smaller, time jump here. My first question, and it seems like it might have based on our discussion around Dowd Loson's funeral. Did the opening of this chapter work for you? The funeral? Yep. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I almost, like, I kind of wish we got more now, Swen. Mm-hmm. Like, I was sad yeah, to was see him sad go. He was gone. Because, he, like, he was slimy and creepy and gross and a weird dude. But he was <laughs> a fun character. Yeah, I, I liked him, his relationship with I when she was dying. That brought mm-hmm. out some depth to him. And then, and then now he's dead. I like the opening, though, where Shay comes in and Aitmata kind of looks back. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. I mean, there are definitely cool, cool parts of it. And I am happy to be in the minority here. It just did not work for me. I thought it was like a little... It mm. seemed orchestrated, like we needed a reason to... It just seemed contrived, I guess. I don't know. Like, why would she be there? Well, Shay's paying her respects because just... she knows that now Swen meant something to I and Shay. Has a weird thing They also have like a weird... Can I, I thought... Shay now had a weird respectful hatred. Yeah, respect connection for each I don't know. It was weird. I mean he's but they had he some murdered kind of connection. her chief of staff and it was a dick about it and then was, then she was like, Let me go get him to save Ait's life and that was it. They had like two interactions. Well he he also like let her live when she cut her got shot. Yeah, but that was purely practical. There was more to that reaction, I thought, or that scene and Liu Kang, where, I don't know, they it was like they saw each other, and there was like an understanding there, to me. I see you. Yeah. Wasn't Aitmata at Kal Sen's wedding, or funeral? Yeah, but that was mm-hmm. like a state event, almost. But like everyone was, yeah. Right, I mean, this, this was a former horn. Mm-hmm. And a war like, hero. Not, not the same as a pillar, but... But he yeah, was a like, war hero. He was a, yeah, exactly. He was a... An upstanding Kakanese citizen. Mm-hmm. With that odd was... level of respect, like you were saying. Yeah. So it, it does yeah. make sense I that no people would send somebody weird. there. And Shay's kind of spiritual, so... Shay is spiritual. Yeah. It fit for me. It would have been weird if Hilo showed up. Yeah. Right. I don't know. But I thought, yeah, it's on brand for Shay to pay respects and mm-hmm. be a nice person. The only other thing that I have to add is that I think the other side of this to me is that Shay is the weatherman reading the clouds as often as possible and getting the vibe on an event like this feels like reading the clouds. Yeah, she got some vibes from the Mata and I, what's the other, right? Auto. I, Auto. I, yeah. Auto. Yeah, it seemed to me like the whole thing was just an excuse to give, let us see that or to have Shay like just give no Pete an excuse to learn that, but it's just like seems fairly obvious that I wouldn't be into her heir apparent and would think he was a peacock based on everything we know about the two characters. Maybe maybe I'm just being a hater. I don't know. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. No, no, you're you're welcome to have the opinion. We get Yeah, I don't think it like was some like breaking news. Ait Otto and Ait Mata are like tight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like they knew already, but she's like, Oh yeah, that kind of confirms my priors. And then that leads us to I guess a reflection from Shea and 
when, to a degree, the contrast between the Tobins slash Otto in the media versus how Ait handles it. They're very upfront and like making a scene publicity based. She's just like love doing a what she got to do. Yeah. Yep. They love they love a, a state statement to the media. Yeah. Is this I think also it shows more? Sorry. Go ahead. Is is this also the section where it readdresses the point that the Cobins had made that media announcement before Ide's body was even found, or was that later on? That might be here. I don't remember specifically when it happens because they discuss how I'll double check. Tobin yeah, Tinbet is sure a councilwoman and has done something seemingly without the permission of Ite. She's introduced a bill that's more nationalistic than Ite would want it to be. Mm-hmm. I think. So I'm just stuff a up. bill. Anyone? Fuck the Cobins. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the Cobins, the contrast between the Cobins and Aitmata shows that Aitmata holds more power. She doesn't have to like show make a showing like she can be silent and people are still like afraid of her whereas the Cobans have to like peacock around (laughs) I like that it kind of makes her seem more classy Mm -hmm. like more powerful I don't know there's an interesting bit here too that I brought up to Proster in the first book and I, I don't know if here's like the perfect the picture perfect place to place it but it fits where we learn, you know, Tall Sennington's role was misdirecting the Shatarians and the trickery, the propaganda, all that stuff. And Udantin was the fighter. He was the warrior. He was the spear and Tall Sen the torch, right? And then now the roles are kind of reversed where the mountain is the one. They were the first to get into bed with the foreigners, albeit illicitly. You know, they were using the Ititan on the down low black market jade dealings going on they're always scheming they're always tricky they're always misdirecting no peak so they're like emulating their founders but in reverse because especially in jade war like hilo very miller militaristic pillar Aitmata, very clever tricky it's kind of progressed over time where no peak has some schemes the hot war isn't going on as much anymore but i i always thought that was interesting but now it's the hot war and Otto's hotter Nico. Tough. <laughs> War tough, in the tough, press tough. and you know, page six is not about it. I love that there's this like quasi-reversal that you point out here between sort of the clans and the way that they do the things differently and it's almost like the sort of nationalistic stances of the clans have even reversed over the course of the years. It felt like the torch was there to carry the spirit of KCON which feels like that nationalistic thing meanwhile that's now reverted to the mountain as they become kind of this mouthpiece, which is interesting. I did want to throw back to PJ real quick and just say, yes, it is this chapter in which they talk about both, as Aaron was mentioning, the elevation of Mrs. Coben, Widow Coben, to the council. And then in addition, they announced it well before they found Ite's body is in this chapter. And Mrs. Coben is the one who was like rude to Wen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wen even says it's like comforting to think Ite Mata probably finds her as annoying as I do. Mm-hmm. So I can see that being a wedge and pairing that with with the fact that Shay and Andon spare her. It would have been really cool to see an immediate like follow up and 
amicable relationship between Shay and I, at the very least, before this time jump happened. But now it just feels like a, oh, that could have been really cool. Maybe. Given that it's six years later. Maybe I just doesn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Maybe she's just like, damn, that's crazy. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She's got other things to worry about. She's like, that was your mistake. Don't know what to tell you. Moving on, we did a look into the home life of Poppy, Shay, and Tia. And it was just a very wholesome, very cute scene. Woon, stay-at-home dad. And we did a cute bit of him being like, you know, it comes natural. I'm used to being bossed around by a powerful little woman. And Shay being like, that's unfair of you. I'm hardly little. Just cute. Loved it. (laughs) Yeah, that was cute. Some flirting. Like, oh, they're not always awkward. Sometimes they're cute. You'd hope at this point a lot point of happy relationships. Yeah. We also get the Libon act and sort of the fallout of Malovni being taught the Espenians leaking no peach intelligence, which comes off a little later, but feels fine to lump in here a little bit. The Libon yeah, act I, was like the no <coughs> ingesting jade thing. Yeah, no like human experimentation and yeah. jade experimentation and all that's, that. That's probably a good law. Like a good idea. Will it? matter really who knows but it does seem yeah, like a good law it seems they didn't sign up but <laughs> they're gonna continue like, to do it is this who's to say espenia won't <laughs> the only people do it? Doing it yeah yeah they i would not put it past them at all they're probably doing it right now <laughs> right at this very moment taking shots somewhere the espenians are just they suck yeah but we <laughs> do get my fucking dudes Birdland and Gallo spinoff is coming. I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> like first law, but with them, yeah. Give us the standalone. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, Lote is confirmed as the successor to Juen. Getting his wish to retire. Forty-five. God bless him. Nobody wants to work anymore, though. You know. I tough. wish I could retire at forty-five. Hear that, brother? It's like I'm old for a horn, and it's like. Are you? <laughs> you haven't been <laughs> you're doing such a good job, though. I know. Like, you're not fighting in the streets every day anymore. You're basically, like, yeah. coordinating shit. If Hilo was young for Horn at 27 and he's old for Horn at 45, I feel like there's a very small window a good point. in which you can be I a Horn. Think I think he was kind of talking, like, out of his ass, more or less. Because the other Horn before Hilo was described as old. And that might just be because yeah. he was 27. He might have been like 45. Do we feel mm-hmm. like Mr. Lote is ready for this job? Sure. How old is he at this? He's in his <laughs> late 30s, probably. So like, he's, he's not old as He's not so that much younger than Juen, right? <laughs> he's like the same age as Andy, right? right? Hmm. So like, what is that? Low 30s? I think at this point. Yeah. Is it low still? 34. Okay. I think it's like 34. Not, that's not that big of a difference. 11 years. All right, all right. No. Horns can be thirty-five to forty years old, and yeah. we just churn through them then we constantly. Just bang! <laughs> it's that five-year window. Yeah, doesn't looks like Ben and I are in our horn prime. Wow, God bless. <laughs> that could have been so much worse. You're so close to like horny prime. Like that would have been. I think, like, I think, I think that, that was different. I, I think that's where Ben's face it. went. Like Ben was thinking. <laughs> I think we all got it. Cross. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I. No one else. Hey, it's an audio medium. I had to put it out there. <laughs> Did you, though? Less is more sometimes. But that's no. showbiz, well, baby. Okay. 
show this is a live baby. podcast i love loat i love loat quite a bit and feels like- i appreciate you know we the other day in the discord we were floating around you know four characters that feel like you and i never gave my answers but i feel like i could pretty primely agree with loat as a version of a character of me he's trying to emo vibe um, from him well emo angry but then receptive it's it's my vibe sometimes it's one of my moods how are your knife <laughs> skills pretty decent mm, actually okay we'll, we'll think on it i've cut myself several times on exit <laughs> PJ was about to chime in. I had to, I had to stop him from outing me. Um, so I don't remember the exact sequence here, but I want to touch on before we get into the end of this chapter. Twit, did anybody else the Espanians giving the no peak plan like floppy disk shout out of the technology for Aaron? We get is it, it felt like you know the Espanians hate to be in somebody's debt. They kind of shit the bed a little bit with the getting the kind note of. to Hilo late <laughs> and not getting him out of the <laughs> building, not getting him distracted <laughs> before the KJA bomb explodes, right? And they've seen, like, through the relationship with Shay specifically, that, you know, a debt doesn't always have to be paid off in money, and specifically, No Pete does like to be paid off in these favors. Does it strike anyone as not only, like, the practical this their ally in the region, but also they're paying off their debt in a way by helping them deliberately get a step up on the mountain? At what I, could see I, I think the point is at what cost though? Like how many people died? Well that's the debt, that's to... what they're paying off now. Yeah. Right. I love how they explain that away too, and they're like, What did they even say? They were like, we sent like, a note. They they were like, We sent the note, but whatever they were they were kinda of like, Well, if that happened or nobody can say, you know, whether they were involved or not or what happened, but we just I didn't send a note. I was like Did you send a note? They just completely just like <laughs> brushed it aside. They're like, What about all those people that died? And they're like, Well, did people die? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't it, involved. It was like false flag. It feels so American false flag, I was about to say. It, it's got a lot of those Nothing elements of love. like, Oh, we found out that there was a terrorist attack, but <laughs> Nothing know, but love for my Whether we knew about that or not is in irrelevant. Like this yeah. is what's relevant now is basically what they said, I think, is like basically like whether we knew at the time or not, that was irrelevant. Like we're just giving you this information now because we're we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing but love for those two pieces of the shit, Gallo and Berkland. <laughs> Catch them on CBS on Sunday. <laughs> it does PM. feel like a first loss spinoff for sure. Anyway, right there, Hilo basically literally does the rip bozo rest in piss you won't be missed meme. And when Shay's like, I was at Now Suin's funeral, he's like, fuck that guy, <laughs> creepy. Hated him more than John Ash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy's creepy. I think that was funny. I like laughed. Severo. You're yeah. creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and then this chapter ends with the Black Tail Clan joining No Peak. Yep. Kind of. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Another fallout from the bombing. Mm-hmm. Five years later. Mm-hmm. I felt like this scene did a really good job of portraying the weight of that decision mm-hmm. from the from the pillar of that clan. Yeah, especially Ben. I know that you were kind of making it in jest of, uh, of five years <laughs> later, but I think that's actually part of the strength here is that like they t- probably tried to make it work for an incredibly mm-hmm. long period of time couldn't we're getting either like gradually eaten away at by no peak or otherwise and then came to terms with the the reality of the situation but yeah and pledged honor that's basically what hilo hilo speech at the end 
He's like, you did the best you can. Yeah, right. You look yourself in the right. mirror and know it. But now you're doing even better than that by doing what's best for your people and your city. Mm-hmm. Right. Great point. No beaks getting bigger. Busy fucking chapter. Yeah. Two tigers World's growing, getting, getting older. Danger. Big old tigers. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger, danger, Will Robinson. Chapter 33, Truth Bearers. We hop into the perspective of Art Wiles, owner of the Anarcho Shipping Company from Espania. After dismissing his Kekanese mistress, Lula, he holds a call with Joe Boy Gasson, followed by a meeting with Jim Sento, and holds discussions of both a political and strange faith culty nature that we're definitely going to get into. We also talk about Operation Firebreak, which feels like a conspiracy from the Espanian military operation that surrounds Jade, its use, as well as the containment of the Ecotanians. And Jim Sento's company, GSI, is invited to be included in its ranks since they can't formally do it with the military or they don't have the resources to. And this all culminates in the form of a buyout that integrates Anarcho and GSI into one vertical company of Jade and Jade Mercenary Production. This is a wild chapter with a lot of like political, crazy, weird, interesting set pieces. I'm curious how you guys thought about it. What you guys thought? I thought we were friends, Jim. <laughs> yeah, Jim. <laughs> that only gets worse next chapter. <laughs> this This is the one where I was like, more people? I know. That's I had the exact same reaction. <laughs> See, I was like, yeah. more people, a fucking Who are oh who is this we, guy? And then finally Religion? Well like, finally Jim Sento came in. I was like, okay, yeah. at least we know someone. I mean we did. I was like, we got religion weird religion stuff going on now. I was like, oh, there's a whole kissing your necklace plot line getting pulled in. I'm like this almost became too much. There's a lot. But then I could kind of see where it was going by the end. We do. Like, oh. Yeah, once Jim Sento came in, I was like, yeah. okay, now I'm grounded. We have, but at, the, at first, I was like, who the fuck are these people? We have had chapters like this before, though, where there's like a seemingly random one-off point of view character who comes in. I do think they've probably been teased before where it's like we've seen Chancellor Stone before and then a couple chapters later we get his point of view. Right. But there have been similar things. And I think... To that point, we don't get Art Wiles' name more than once or twice before this point, but we do get the Anarcho Shipping Company, which has been the ship that they've been trying to take down repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. So it's kind of putting a face to the business, I think, is what this chapter really does. And Um, what we said came true. They didn't stop rebuilding it. mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, I think, more of my frustration comes from, like, I just want the threads to come together. I'm sure they will, but it's just like, now I've got three new threads i'm following so it's just like we need everyone to come to a conference and talk about how we're all gonna end this book cross and i actually <laughs> picked this series and love it so much because they're just just continuously as threads ends. and they just, don't solve any of them and it just yeah nothing just is ever resolved ever it's just <laughs> you're just gonna have to deal with it Good emotionally and to me yeah that is cinema no no resolution is resolution what do you mean the religion stuff was really weird. Mm-hmm. I was like, where is mm-hmm. this even coming from? And like, not really had any ex- experience with that. Like, there's a little mention of the seer and whatnot, like throughout the second book, maybe, but like, <clears throat> that this is like some kind of like Christian nationalism all know. of a sudden. Yeah. It's definitely right. Christian nationalism. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, it's like, <laughs> came out of nowhere for me. I was like, okay. This is some righteous gemstone <laughs> shit if I've ever seen it. <laughs> yeah. Great show. So that was mm-hmm. interesting. 
And to hear that Jim Sunto's a weird nationalist Christian, that Convert, made me sad. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems like maybe Nico will think that's weird. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe Nico Nico's will start, into it. He'll start kissing necklaces too. I mean, yeah. the first time we meet Jim, it's very like his gold yeah. triangle thing is on his neck with the jade dog tag. Prominent. Which, right. did we, mm-hmm. never mind. I'm hung up on the jade dog tag. <laughs> I feel like chapter. it's yeah. it's described as a jade dog tag every time, not like a jade rim, but that just seems like a lot of jade, jade if it's a jade dog tag. I thought it was Part described as a green dog tag with like a jade stud. Maybe. Yeah. Like Bluffer's jade and then one in so the... So it's like Bluffer's jade and then, yeah, exactly. I'll accept that. I was also wondering, this is a very technical jade question, but like... Does it have to be in contact with their skin the entire time? Because like a necklace or something right. would it's be flopping like flopping around. You get like zin, zin, zin. yeah. Zin. If you like bent down, your necklace is gonna fall down. Also, I Jade picture... question: When back it up, when Nico was fighting, it was talking about the jade studs in his talon knife. I was like, it's in his knife. That's what old if he drops it? That was the thing. Yeah, that I mean, that's all of the talon knives are. Yeah. What if you extra drop jade. it? And the moon. Then you have like the withdrawal. They have so much jade already. It's just like extra jade power. Okay. Yeah. It's barely a withdrawal because it's not that much. Yeah. Yeah. But it is a little bit of an edge when they're holding the weapon. Crazy chapter. Nonetheless, there are so many fun questions that I think get raised. But I want to start off with the piece of shit Art Wiles because we do get to get a little bit of his character background. And boy, oh boy, it's not shocker. It's not a shocker because he's a wealthy industrialist, of course, in a pre-mobile phone age to have have this collection and assortment of houses and wives and mistresses. But boy, oh boy, it did still... It's and the fact cool. that he's like dredging the ocean floor <laughs> yeah. for Jade, like this guy just sucks. I don't. I was thinking yeah. that his Kekanese mistress might be a spy. I was hoping that too. Mm. I was like, assassinate this motherfucker. Wow. No, I Violent. thought the person coming in was gonna like kill him, and she was gonna be like the spy. Mm. And then it was just Jim. Yeah, I don't want to be inappropriately flippant, but I might. The whole, you know collection of houses and mistresses he's just got hoes in different area totes <laughs> in, in different, different area, area totes. Totes. Yeah. god damn it <laughs> he's got hoes i mean the biggest yeah. deal for me is he's dredging the bottom of the ocean which is is bad he's he, no regard for the sea life yeah think about or the, the reef man yeah, exactly the, the, the whales destroying natural habitats it's, it's a fucking disaster i, I don't know that whales are on this this point there are no whales on this <laughs> to be honest i'm no gonna whales. ask i'm gonna ask no no whales Shit. <laughs> we'll have to ask fonda so, where are the whales with yeah where are the whales where are the whales lula of course is interesting as you mentioned thinking assassin what are we thinking about lula hot yeah i was thinking spy assassin of some sort but since we hadn't heard about it at all as a thing like not even like any kind of a mention of like a white rat on human island or something like that, you know, anything like that. Maybe she's just a hoe. Wow. You know, powerful. She's a hoe. I don't know. Powerful. I'm hoping that she's more than that. You're hoping? <laughs> hoping. hoping. It, was, it was so bad. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't acknowledge it. <laughs> but 
Hoo Boy, in addition to all of the rest of the stuff that we've already talked about, we get some awesome politicking and kind of finally see the inner workings of the background of not only Espenia, but also the way that this company is funded by Joe Boy Gaston and the crews. There's there's kind of a lot going on here in terms of the political investment and kind of an understanding of where things were even coming from and happening back in Jade War. What do you what do you guys grab out of this chapter? See, Art, it's Joe Boy. See? <laughs> Don't forget Joe about Boy your old Gassin. friend, Joe Boy. Like Skinny Reeves? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Everybody's got... I feel like Art said this, oh but God. it's like... They're always dealing with this. Like, a rich guy's got to have connections to bad people at some point. You don't get that powerful without it. That phone call, I just realized on this Discord call, coordinating, recording this podcast with y'all... That phone call was like Pokemon, like one of the Pokemons where you have the phone and random people call you Mm -hmm. and they'll be like, hey, Thomas, just found out you beat this gym leader. Just want to let you know we're all tracking where you are back home and we're proud of you. Okay, bye. (laughs) Fucking exactly what happened. (laughs) Joe Boy Gaston's like, all right, we're paying attention to your business logs and we see that you made it. It looks like the ship left the dock. We got you. Yeah. Yeah, there was like a little bit of an implicit threat in there. Mm-hmm. In a more thematic way, it felt like GTA 4, your cousin calling mm. you. Mm. Yeah, 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 <laughs> that's good. Love that. Anything on the religion aspect? Obviously, the politics are interesting in Firebreak, but... We thought it was a little chanty, culty. Oh, yeah, as a person that's not a big fan of religion, I just roll my eyes immediately. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. God, here we go. Hey, I'm into cults, though. If it's a cult. Creepy. <laughs> you would be. No. Ned's, Stop it. Ned's short pour is Aaron just discussing cults. <laughs> and I mean, no offense to anybody who is religious, like, do you? But... I watch a lot of cult documentaries. It's just yeah. fascinating to me how people, like, get sucked into them. Mm-hmm. I wonder what Jim's recruiting story is. <laughs> <laughs> I was just signing like up for book. a life coach and now I'm part of this religion. And the untruth. There was like should yeah, we, there was like a whole should we start a cult weird we should start yeah, a cult. capital T atomic pile of religion LLC. The truth versus untruth thing. I was like that's a whole nother book right there. Mm-hmm. Scientology baby. That's the third that's the spin off mm-hmm. after Dallow and Birdland. We yeah. got to get that one because it's light. We need a break. But then boom. We're back to the dark shit. I was like, that's a storyline <laughs> that it's too late to get into. <laughs> yeah. We don't have enough pages. <laughs> so we end the chapter with the merging of Anarcho and GSI, of course. And this is this massive power move that happens between the two groups. What'd you guys make out of that? Not good for Hilo. <laughs> I mean, I hate to see it for, for Jim and... I don't know why I continue to like Jim Sunto, but I do like him. I respect- like Jim, but I think he'll lose a lot of power now but that he's this, sold out. Yeah, he sold out. Gotta set I hate to see it. Brass but balls. I can't blame him. He, can't blame him. He's become a puppet, I feel like. And he has already or will? This, this I just move didn't... makes him a puppet. Mm, okay. Yeah. And I didn't like how he, I don't know, how oh, art swayed him and just like talked him into it and just like i don't know 
using the religion as part of it and just like that easy. I think he was down. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, yeah. it seems like Jim, like, yeah, he's down for the cause. That's the other thing is like, he's just kind of, down, he was into it. So that was even more disappointing. Mm-hmm. I liked it. And on the other on the other side of that, you can also see how corruption is seeped into the organization as well from Gassin suddenly having influence, a crew suddenly having influence over a Merc organization. Mm-hmm. All right. Chapter 34, Unreasonable. The 20th year, second month. Oh we open with a party to celebrate Rue going to college, which is interrupted with news that Nito is joining the Danlu Solutions International, a.k.a. GSI, the private military organization that Jim Sunto started up. We just talked about it. Every member of the Tall family is outraged. But when and Hilo take it especially poorly? After Nito leaves, despite Hilo's promise to cut him off, Hilo storms GSI's compound and confronts Jim Sunto, who refuses to give in to his demands to cancel Nito's contract. Just an emotional chapter here. Starting yeah, this off, was just some raw family stuff. Yeah, and it starts off on such a positive note. We get Hilo, just like a genuinely proud father to Rue, and his love for Rue is just so evident and heartwarming. He encourages him, you know, to do whatever he wants, even though Hilo has his private reservations that it's not necessarily practical. And there's like a very cute, very fun bit with the uh, Danny Sinjo movie star good looks and saying like you let just like your mother, even though he, it's like a clone of his father. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a fun joke because when loves movie stars. Mm. True. And the come on, da, like it's just it's so like it starts off and you're just like, oh, this is just cute and fun. Nice Nico. to see Rue getting a little bit of a uh, yeah, shine light cute dog gets all his favorite foods just a nice graduation party nito i felt like you know kind of an idiot here for not just lying or playing it off and just being like when they're talking about him going to college being like i think you're the only college kid in the family rue it's like my dude yeah be better <laughs> have some tutorial yeah, timing yeah a little tact here just bad and he's like i didn't want to say it it's like what the motherfucker you did <laughs> I think you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we learn he has not been promoted with the rest of his, I mean, maybe not the rest of his class, but like the upper echelon of his class. He's not a fist, which everyone kind of expected just based on, you know, how it would work if he was applying himself. Mm-hmm. And he didn't deserve to be promoted. So right. Yeah. There's no that nepotism. Made me think pretty yeah. highly of Lute. Yeah. Like brand new, true. newly minted horn, basically. Not promoting his boss's kid, and everyone like is everyone it. thinks it's the right call too. So we get Hilo, or we get the when and Hilo supportive of Nito despite his struggles in the clan. Hilo's like, you know, look at Lo. He struggled at first. Now he's the fucking horn. When is like, if you want to earn more jade, we you don't have to go to college right away. We can put it off. And Hilo is initially annoyed, but then he pivots. You know, he's gotten better at reining his anger. He's like, hey. It's okay. You know, we'll figure it out. Bombshell from Nico. He's taking a job outside of the clan. And still, Hilo and Wen are pretty chill about this, relatively. They're mostly... Hilo mostly seems mad that the right protocols weren't followed. Thinks his kid's just kind of acting out, lashing out a little bit. But he, And he's like, that's fine. We'll get through it. And did that... Did you guys... Were, did that reaction surprise you at all? At first, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't think it surprised me like the way that 
Hilo took it because it just seemed it was so out of left field. Mm -hmm. Like I was not ready for it either. So you kind of just like first initial reaction is just like think through this. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, but then when he does actually freak out, you're like, yeah, this is what I expected. (laughs) And that's after the atomic bombshell. That, you know, he hasn't taken any random job. He's not going to go to law school. He's not going to be a movie star. He is joining GSI, which you got to imagine Hilo's opinions on have not been hidden from Nico. Yeah, it's so stupid of Nico. He's like purposefully trying to piss Hilo off by doing that. Yeah, this felt. There's other ways to not work for the clan. And for him to be so incredulous about like why don't you get this you know look i just want to do it i want to see the world i don't know that's where i was just like come on man what do you expect i know you're a petulant 19 year old kind of thing to do (laughs) and he could have like why not work for the weatherman's office and travel to all their little satellite offices all over the world right there's other ways he could have done it yeah i do i think you guys hitting on it he is lashing out here yeah. It's like he doesn't think so, but it, it's definitely a layer of it. I think there's there's something to be said also about the like not only lashing out, but finding a path that isn't connected to the clan in any way, mm-hmm. and isn't connected to his family in any way. And I mean, this is certainly a a viable option with his skill set, mm-hmm. and he's. He even says, I think, he's like, all I'm qualified for is this. All I've been raised in is this. I don't know, like, why are we so certain that this is right? My parents were killed because of this way. Like, let me see what it means to be green in this other way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is the first time we ever hear him talk about his mom being killed as, like, you know, affecting him at all. Right. I think up until this point in... I'm gonna I'm gonna just voice my opinion as in the defense of Nico. Up until this point, he's he's been kind of like rolling along with Hilo's punches forever, right? As you might with a father figure as a dad, and like not realizing until you kind of come to terms with especially feeling like you don't have a path forward or like there's nothing there. Not to say that this was handled well at all, but I feel like this is the moment in which all of those things kind of finally come to roost and it feels like, well, I've already opened up the valve this much. I'm just going to pour it all out there. And and that's definitely what he's doing. He's totally trauma dumping all of it. But I, I can't say I can't say that it doesn't line up with who he is. And I also can't say that I don't see this as Lon's kid, pure and simple. Like Lon didn't want to be the pillar even when he was when he was forced to make that decision and in a different life i think lon and nico would share that similarity and more of a simba mufasa relationship of like it's a burden not you know all yeah. this land is yours but it's a burden yeah everything the light touches mhm yeah yeah i feel bad for nico but he's also like literally making the this as bad as possible yeah. Yeah. like there's mm-hmm. so many other it's choices. worst case that yeah. is the like the frustrating part of it is like he's making it, he's making it so much worse also, than it needs to be he's basically joining the mountain i mean well mm-hmm. yeah even worse kind of yeah and they he's 22 right like he's not a teenager he's yeah. an adult and he's right. raised as heir like he's an adult 
he's the oldest child and sure he was spoiled, but like he was raised knowing he'd have responsibility. So like in theory, he has some of that, you know, I did 22 is young, all that stuff, but he's not like, you got to grow up a little, like you're an adult, have some self-awareness. This is his growing up up though, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone can talk about this next chapter, but I think like Andon has the right of the situation on like how it probably should be handled. But I, I don't know. That doesn't, I don't think that gives Nico a free pass here. Mm -hmm. This is why kids shouldn't inherit the kingdom. Yeah. 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 Inheritances. Yeah. Yeah. This is why the, the democracy works because the noble you raise lie. some pretty shitty princelings. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Great, great point across the noble line otherwise. And yeah, Nico invoking his parents here too, I think is especially powerful. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, yes, it's the first that we've heard of it from him, but it just feels it, it, it to me, it gut punched quite a bit because it finally feels like it's come up and for what Hilo did. Yeah. yeah. And Hilo, that's the first time face. Hilo's reacted to it. Yeah. At all. Yeah, despite the murder of the mother, it was still it was still hard from Hilo's point of view to like see him gutted by this. Mm-hmm. But that brings us to the storming of the compound, which is just pretty sick, all in all. This was awesome. There's a cool, it's a very Hilo thing to do. Description: <laughs> Tall Hilo Shudan, flanked by four of his Greenbone warriors, strode through the breached fence and advanced toward the building with the heedless implacability of a demon. Right, it's so good, yeah. and it's like Sunto's like he had never really believed Hilo's rep, and he's like, I think those stories were fucking true. <laughs> that was great. Hilo and uh, Jim discuss the Nito situation, and they both kind of just piss each other off more. Hilo, I couldn't believe how much Jim held his ground here. Yeah, yeah good job, Jim. And it's really we see Hilo time and again being so adept at reading men and you know, his adversaries and seeing like knowing how to handle them in a respectful ish way to get what he wants. And he just over and over again, miscalculates with Jim with Can't all with the, Jim. yeah. I, what is the fucking it, phrase? Jim's not in the wrong either. Like this is really not his problem. Right. This is a kid. This is a father son problem. But just like, right. The being like calling him thin blooded all the time, hammering him on the Espenian heritage like bullying him? yeah like it's just it's he's trying to nag him i guess and it just doesn't hit and just makes him mad and he's like fuck you i'm just as green as you yeah and he should be like dude you would have died in that bombing if it weren't for me he doesn't you're welcome i taught you shit yeah i don't i feel yeah like he's the one guy that he kilo really can't figure out yeah and that inability to come to terms with him forces him to leave without the resolution he wants which is just wild i was just thinking about Hilo like walking away like seething and like not killing everybody there yeah Yeah. his like fists and stuff just like oh god yeah, Fondalee does such a good job with title and chapter names. In particular, I love Unreasonable. I think most of them this week because it is both the reasonability of Rue or not Rue, sorry, Nico, as well as Hilo in this moment, and they kind of mirror each other in different ways. And the way that that's used to show how the Green Bones are this way, totally reasonable to bribe and threaten a foreign company. I don't know what you're talking about. 
super reasonable barely an inconvenience exactly the only other thing that i wanted to bring up inside of this chapter is we do get a flash of adult jaya for the first time and kind of getting to see her at the table playing peacekeeper between you know brother and dad and trying her best to kind of be in that middle despite notably being a little bit more fierce and, and rageful she tries to kind of play down to that which is a little bit of a different change for her apparently yeah Any she thoughts seems on Jaya? Like- a little unserious maybe but i don't know she seemed like a skater kid hanging out with her friends yeah she had skateboards skateboards were clearly in the 80s now she's like punk Mm -hmm. yeah love that yeah all right with that we get into our final chapter of the week chapter 35 those with a choice we open the chapter with andon returning home from a trip to Espenia and into the loving embrace of his lover jirhu after sex they have a conversation about new years and jirhu says he doesn't want to owe the clan anything and as such won't be attending an end inside before the conversation go fur- goes further nico arrives at the door asking for a place to stay the next day andon confronts hilo with a choice and an ultimatum so I love just starting off on the plane, Corey and Andy being so civil. It's actually pretty excellent. I mean, we kind of expected this. They're adults at this point. But considering where we came from in the last book to this point, it's been a decade. It's nice to see that kind of have rounded out at this this juncture. Definitely. I agree. And mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, like, oh, Corey, awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They also bring up Resville again in this sort of conversation about the fact that Corey, of whom we know not to be a very violent person, suggests that the death of John Remy might be the best path. Agreed, my dude. It's yeah. time. Totally. No. <laughs> totally agree. No, we're on a time crunch, but I have a question about Andon and his boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Does anyone else think Andon might be way too uncultured for Giroux? Yeah. I, like so- out of class? Yeah. I think, I think that Jirhu is not intending Andon to be a long-term relationship. I think they're just from different sides of the track. Well, I thought that I agree with PJ, but I thought it's weird that they're moving in together. Mm. I was like, are you uh, 10 months together or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, they're older, though, so. Well, and just like, but like like PJ said, I, I just didn't think that this doesn't seem like that they've been together long enough and things seem like they're serious enough where going to the the pillar's house isn't a like right token showing of of anybody like Mm -hmm. that's a that's a relationship but it's that other side of it i think that really kind of drives it home which is like he really doesn't want any connection to the clan and as such, it was probably why he thought that it was okay to date Andon to begin with because he is so distant from the clan. But it's become clear as they've gotten closer and closer that there's more intimate ties there than he thought. I want to swing a home run bat for for Fonda for writing a homosexual sex scene. They're rare. They're, yeah. I mean, and like, seldomly included. And in depth. That was a good one. But, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's the first in depth one Literally. I've ever Same. <laughs> that is. Literally, it was like consume the depth of him or something like that in in the text. But that was great. Yeah, yeah. I don't read no, a lot of books a sexy, with sexual sex scene. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah. I didn't read a lot of books with like explicit sex scenes in general, and I thought it was well done. Yeah, yeah. It was a first for me in everything that I've read, and I've read a shit ton of books. So pumped there. 
Humble brag. For Fonda. I've yeah. I've read so many books. <laughs> Way more I've books I've read so than many PJ. books and only one of them have gay things in it. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. So any other notes on the relationship between the two? Cute. I was hopeful about it and I feel like it's a good relationship, but now I feel like it's not going to work out. Because of the and I'm sad. invite to the party. Yeah. I think though it's it's good for Andon to like he clearly didn't think about it from Jirhu's perspective. Oh um, in the argument, I was definitely like, Andon, you gotta slow down a little bit, like in your head because you're like yeah. going way too fast here. I mean, the Abuke are like a racially oppressed right. people who, as Jirhu said, they're all gonna be the waiters and maids there. Oh. So he didn't want to look like, you know. I'm super glad you brought that a up. Charity case. Yeah, that's just like yeah. such a fascinating part of this world that is just so part of the world that it's barely touched on. But like right. the indigenous people who are actually indigenous to K-Town, who the Tetanese are so fucking proud about, their jade resistance and all that, are a second-class citizen group. It's wild. When their resistance and their whole, all of it comes from them yeah. to begin with. Yeah. 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 And they're, yeah. Mm-hmm. But historically, not that wild. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, right, right. right. It makes right, right, right. total sense and it makes the world so real, but it's just like, I don't know, so well done. Mm-hmm. So Nico showing up at his uncle's place to crash leads to a conversation that is a clash of personalities the very next day between Andin and Hilo, of course. The reality of Nico's upbringing comes to light as Andon releases a salvo of truths of how he's felt over the years in the way that he was treated by his family and by Hilo, finally kind of letting loose some of that simmering rage that we felt like it never came out from Jade War. What'd you make of this this big dramatic moment between the two? Loved it. I thought this was just really great. And I'm glad that Andon got a chance to like express all of those feelings that he grew up with and it helps me understand Nico better as a character when I can just like kind of compare him to Andon and I know his experience so well and have empathized with him throughout that time even though I gave him a lot of shit about being a whiny baby I think that I'm glad he got to say all this stuff and I'm glad that he put it to Hilo like that because at the end of the day it's like you don't want to lose like this your son slash nephew or like you know make them feel like they're excommunicated from the family like that's not going to make you feel any better so and yeah and I went through a very similar argument right and excising yeah and, and then it, just Hilo came to terms with it and didn't realize right. the damage that he'd done you know it's been a decade yeah mm-hmm. yeah so I like that he's able to show Hilo that and then give him kind of a second chance to do it better. Yeah. And and he gives him that chance. I, I think that, you know, I love Hilo. Love him to death. Love the character. I, I always question in this moment, as far as I've read this book, of whether or not he really deserves the honesty that Andon gives him in the moment. Because I don't know that he's done a whole lot for Andon to have earned that. Andon has done way more for him, as Andon rightfully points out having bent over backwards to save his life in the beginning of Jade City to, or in the end of Jade City, to then set up all of these different operations over in Espenia based on his connections and relationships to then 
building out without actually being like a full-fledged member of the clan this relationship that could potentially yield legal jade overseas is just it's a mess and Kilo has just benefited 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 and hasn't really taken the time to acknowledge what Andon lost to sacrifice to win his trust back but Nico maybe deserves Andon telling Hilo the truth like Hilo might not deserve to hear the truth yeah, Nico deserves the chance. But yeah. Nico can't really stand up for himself because he, he's yeah, too thoughtful. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Hilo doesn't have any information to act on to change because he doesn't realize what he's done. He doesn't mm-hmm. realize the impact. So, finally, we're left with the choice. Apologize to your son. Treat him like his father would have. Let the gods recognize him, of course. And let him rebel. You know, he needs it. Do that. Or lose Anden. Those are your options. And with it, everything that Andon has brought to the table and brings to the table. I mean, lose both, really. Yes, right. And Good point. Hilo, I, I don't think Hilo's truly thought that out. That this is, this is going to lose him a son. I do want to say, brother. though, that I thought it was a little overstepping for Andon to be like, I'm leaving too. Because, like, Nico is making a really shitty choice that's going to hurt the clan. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he could have been like, this is what you should do. Apod- like, let your son rebel or whatever. Don't kick him out. But I don't know. But and the only way to add severity in, was to add a threat because that's what Hilo responds to. I totally, I totally understand. And I'm with you. Just, but yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, where does that leave Andon when Hilo doesn't bring his son back in? I think this then is a, a gamble on too. Andon's point that Hilo's going to cave to this threat. I don't think Andon truly thinks Hilo is going to let him leave. I think Andon's calculating it. But maybe Andon is ready to throw it all away so that he can run away with Jirhu. His empire of dirt. Right. This is something He's got ample that, reasons. This is this is a point specifically where I think more time and fewer time jumps would have done us well. And and seeing a relationship between Nico and Andon blossom a little bit more and like let them sort of not commiserate but bond over their their shared feelings and experiences in their non-traditional family upbringing like i I think that would have made this scene a lot more powerful if we had seen them bond more in nico's upbringing i agree i just think we just needed like one or two more nico chapters somewhere in the last 10 years like one maybe 10 years ago and one five years ago or whatever, just like helping us along the path here to get where we are. Cause it's just, he grew up so fast. Yeah. He just grew up so darn fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I definitely understand and, and empathize and sympathize with that position. I, I think that I agree with you that we could lay it out, but I think that Thomas did hint at something at the very least that I think sets up kind of what your expectations are to some degree, which is, there's only one more interlude and we've got four weeks left, right? So there's not a whole lot more 
time jumping to be had in some ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot more space to do a whole lot of time jumping. Yeah. Right. No new religions. <laughs> not a third religion. Yeah. Until we drop the atomic pylon cult. Yes, the atomic pylon cult. Coming to you soon. That I will High join. Key obsessed with us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Final question, of course, that we always concern ourselves with is who won the week? Can I tell you guys Who's your winner? This always catches me off guard, and I don't know why. <laughs> Jim Sento. He did pretty good. I mean, he got bought out but, hundreds mm-hmm. of millions of dollars of thought of the years. And in, in Jir, who had sex, normally if you get fucked, you win. <laughs> he got Call Hilo's <laughs> son to join his company. And he stood up to Hilo and said, like, and one didn't die. Motherfucker, do it. Get the fuck off my property. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. good. Anytime you can Um, say that, but he's in earnestness. He is a weird cult guy. Yeah. But I I don't know who else is winning this week. Art Wiles is pretty good. You know, he's making moves. Art Wiles, yeah. Got a hot mistress who is not just hot, but great assets. God bless. Um, Rue's going to college. Rue's going to college. Yeah. What's his face? There's someone else that did And did it good. And did well. one. became a Became horn. Yeah. Lo's horn. And is in a healthy relationship. A lot of communication. A lot of sets. Stood up to his uncle. Stood up to cousin. his cousin brother. And in like just a very smart way. And showed a lot of growth revealing his own pain to Hilo. Yeah, but I think Jim takes the the laurel wow a lot of bleed over this episode yeah <laughs> yeah i was of the opinion my my winners of the week were a combination or between and and jim sunto i think that those are really the sort of meshing options so yeah i think we won the week i think i'm i think i'm on ben strain with jim though i think i think i'm fully in that i totally agree as well agreed cool 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 cool, cool. I think we won the week because we got to hang out, discuss this lovely book series, have a grand old time. And did it it. in record time. In record time. Good job. Next week is our sixth episode. I did it. (laughs) Tattling episodes 36 through 45. Great job. Thank you. That's good. Good I won the week just now. <laughs> you did. You did. You made us all proud. 36 through 45. Super excited. So that's where we'll leave you for this week. There's only four more left. Only four more left. Thank you, motherfuckers, Tim and Andrew. Love you. For doing amazing stuff and like keeping our show existing. And like we truly wouldn't be a thing without you. We we would sound bad you couldn't find our websites or show notes or anything and you truly wouldn't be able to listen to us so you you two like you the real mvps check out the show notes like i just mentioned where you can find links to our schedule our patreon our previous episodes our websites our social media accounts all kinds of cool stuff i don't know random pictures of me as a child that's probably not on there i don't think but i looked at one earlier today and i was pretty cute I don't maybe know. we'll put that on instagram <laughs> were yeah. you a giant child i was use a regular size child find a new slant there was a period of time where i was 
just as tall as PJ. That's true. Aww. And that will never happen again. Yeah, he hasn't grown since then. Unless you get those new Gen Z Spice Girl shoes. <laughs> that was a I wanna, more I wanna, of a statement, I, wanna, I feel like. I wanna... <laughs> Gen Z Spice Girl? They're com- everything's coming back. Oh, it is I have like a theory on that. Yeah. Yeah. So every, like when we were growing up, fucking Shuttershade came back, right? And all the 80s stuff. Because our it's parents true. were in high school in the 80s. And then now oh, all their shit, kids are in right. high school in the 90s, 2000s. So they're watching what their parents were fucking into. And so they're watching like Mean Girls and all that bullshit. And now they're emulating that style. That's why Machine Gun Kelly's fuck, pop fuck machines are popular. Kelly. It all makes sense. It all Get makes him out sense. here. <laughs> Delete that. No free ads for him ever. So don't forget to review five stars only. Rate and review. Yes. If you don't give us five stars only, we'll brand your face. Mm. With the Atomic Pylon oh Media. Hell yeah. With the logo. Yeah. And make you listen to Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> those those are while, threats. While you're getting branded. Uh, then you can start your it. little cult of one-star reviewers, and then we'll have to wipe you out. I'm sorry. Untruth seekers. <laughs> cult. Yeah. cult. <laughs> Five starless future. Oh five starless future. Yeah. <laughs> We're on fire. Yes. Love it. Love it. Well, we'll see you all next week. Thanks so much for listening. See you then. Peace. Bye. Bye.